This week on Inside Motorsport, Tony Whitlock catches up with the movers and shakers at TCR Australia's latest round at the Bend Motorsport Park in South Australia. I hope you stay with us. Welcome Inside uh, Motorsport. I'm here with James Moffat. Uh, wonderful qualifying and a cunning strategy. Tell me about uh, the wets on the rear of the Renault. Well, yeah, the session off started off wet and it was drying out. And um, yeah, because of the accident that we had on Friday, we had no running in the wet. So we were actually quite nowhere at the start of the session in the wet conditions. And um, come into the pits about halfway through the session and it was, yeah, touch and go whether to go to full slicks. Um, and at the best of time, getting t temperature into the rear tyres is difficult in these cars. And um, we just sort of made the call on the run there to throw some uh, fresh slicks at it and leave the, the warm wets on the rear and uh, yeah, paid off for us, so it was okay. great. Now you'd actually seen this done? Yeah, I was just uh, on the couch one night at home watching some uh, uh, TCR action over in Europe and uh, sort of similar conditions in a race over there um, uh, earlier in the year and yeah, a couple of the cars uh, ran that sort of similar strategy and it sort of seemed to work for them, so I put it in the memory bank and yeah, if it ever... So Slovakia has similar weather conditions to Taylor Mendon. Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. certainly on on, uh, on this particular day, it worked out for us. Okay. Um, and then things were going well, until unfortunately uh, a debutante in the, the series, uh, a very fast one at least, uh, Jordan Cox, gave you a bit of a tap. Yeah. You know, part of that is, is racing, I, I accept that, but at the same time there's a little bit of frustration involved in all that. You know, yeah. Jordan, he's been going well, uh, straight out of the box, but he's not in the championship and sort of first lap of the race to sort of get uh, punted out of the lead in, like that was uh, a bit frustrating, but um, yeah, we were sort of all sliding around, which you do in these cars um, in, in perfect conditions. Um, yes. So battling for rear yeah. tyre temperature, but you know it was still a bit greasy because we had that light shower just before uh, taking off on the on the warm up lap. So uh, yeah, anyway, I'm sure he'll learn from it, and uh, yeah, he's been been fast straight out of the box. So hopefully uh, he can keep improving. But just you know maybe uh, you climb back up from essentially 19th. You climb back up to where? Uh, well, with a couple of the penalties that sort of ended up getting handed, we, we line up seventh for okay, today. So, so you're back up at least in the top. Back up, up but yeah. you know, probably should have been, could have been a bit further up th than that um, yeah. had, had the incident not happened, but that's part of racing. I'm here with Garth Hander. You just rocked up your first win in another category. So that was a terrific start to your weekend, a busy weekend coming from TCR to GT. Garth, tell us, um, it's terrific racing in this category. You've come back for a second weekend. Oh uh, yeah, well I was here with the GT car anyway and they asked if I would, was interested in, um, a, in a second weekend and when they said you'll have the opportunity to race against Russell Ingle, I was like, absolutely take that. So, um, so yeah, look, it's obviously it's great to get um, out. And you've got the benchmark of being the same car, of course. Yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, situation normal, I was up the front and he was up the back, so... <laughs> Um, no, nah, nah, in all seriousness, uh, it was great to, um, great to get Audi's first win in TCR Australia. Um, Audi support TCR globally in a very big way. Uh, and Melbourne Performance Centre and Audi Sport Australia have done a fantastic job in, uh, with their program. And um, I feel like we're getting the car better. Um, obviously, having 
raced at Phillip Island, you get your head around it a little bit more and um, yeah, it was great to get that win. It was an eventful race, but um, we managed to, to get the win. I heard you talking yesterday and it seemed to me that you actually got the win because for a while you weren't leading and you were learning a bit. Yeah, I made a, I made a mistake when I was leading um, and it was a front wheel drive, rookie driver error. Um, and I didn't really know what had happened when when I had made that mistake. And then when I saw the behaviour of the cars in front of me, I worked out what went wrong with mine. And then I adapted my driving style and, and didn't make that same mistake again. So um, it was a tricky race, obviously. Cold tyre. Um, we saw at Phillip Island the cold rear tyre particularly uh, caused a lot of mayhem. And it was the same here in race one, obviously even with a wet track, which made it even more tricky. And uh, it was a matter of not making... Well, everyone was making mistakes, just making as few mistakes as possible. And, uh, and then, you know, getting your head around driving a TCR car around the bend because at that stage no one had done a dry lap until the race yesterday. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was an enjoyable race because obviously battling with, um, with uh, Johnny Martin and Will Brown and, and Jordan Cox, um, yeah, it was good fun. Okay. Um, it was an interesting move of James Moffat putting the uh, wets on the rear of mm. his car and qualifying. Something that you could consider in the future? We considered doing it then, um, but I, I was sort of ex- hoping that um, you, you'd it be that last lap sort of thing where the track would just dry out enough that slicks would work. And if we, I was actually the first car to get the chequered flag at the end of qualifying, which I needed to be the last car for that strategy right. to work. So yeah. I was only about, I think they worked it out, I was about six seconds out right. from sneaking through, uh, because even at that point on four slicks, I'd set the fastest last sector. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, it was a bit of a gamble, um, and I sort of knew that no one was going to go faster on um, full wets, so we undernarred about doing the wet slicks front, wets rear, but um, there was a bit of confusion around, from the category, I think, about whether you're actually technically allowed to do it, and, yeah. and we got that confirmation, I think, halfway through the session, but, yeah, no, good on, fair play, it was good on. Indeed. Well, I'm here with Will Bowne, after posting your seventh podium in seven races, you are having a great weekend, even though it didn't start that well yesterday. Yeah, I completely ballsed up the start of the weekend, didn't I? Like, you know, we crashed, um, we weren't quick in, in wet, which I'm generally quite comfortable in the wet. In DVS, all of them, I always feel strong. So that was quite surprising. Um, but I think we just didn't get the car right and then qualified 16th, made it hard for myself and got back up to second. So uh, pretty cool. I'm having an absolute ball out there. Like, uh, that's when I do my best work, when I'm having fun. And uh, I was having a ball out there. So, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm really happy. Well, you're climbing and making places. Um, is the car still feeling as good as it did when you started the year? I think everyone's catching up, to tell you the truth, but mine definitely went off during that race, and I've, we've got a few changes that I know we've done at previous race meets that helped that, so I think tomorrow you'll see us stronger. OK. Did you have any um, any repercussions of the accident in terms of the way the car was working? A little bit, um, but we seem to work that out for now. Um, here with Russell Ingle making his return to the track as a driver in that uh, front-wheel drive Audi. And he's here and bought the Castrol number 100. Welcome on board, Russell. That's not my age, by the way. Too. No, no, no. It's, it's 100 I, years of Castrol, by the I way. Understand yeah. I understand that. I understand that well. Um, look, uh, fantastic to see you back in a race car. A long time since you've been in in a uh, front-wheel drive. I would have imagined it would be 97 at Bathurst. Yes, in a Roland Dane 888 yeah. uh, Vectra. Uh, with Greg Murphy. Yes. So there you go. I did, I did 
partnered with Greg Murphy. A lot of people ask me, uh, have you ever have you ever partnered with him? And uh, I said, yes, we actually have. So, uh, yep, uh, certainly have, and I got them got the model of the car to prove it. And uh, yeah, it was it was good fun. I mean, that was that was when two litre was almost at its height, you know, yeah. in UK. Yes. Um, and uh, and filled it over to these uh, to these shores as well. But uh, yeah, it was. It was good until I shunted it, but apart from that, it was it was it was good fun. We've seen you talking about and and enthusiastic mm. talking about the TCR series. Yeah. Um, now you're in it. You can see that there's a lot going for, it, isn't it? Well, the only way you can commentate on it is to actually experience it and drive it and see what it's all about. And I've sort of been going around talking to team owners and and uh, drivers and and yeah, there, there's a lot of enthusiasm there. It, it's always a tough gig the first year. Uh, first year of any category, especially uh, introduction to a series like this, which is worldwide. Um, and there's always going to be teething problems as well, and always the perceptions of being under the under the cloud of, of other categories in, in Australia. But uh, I, I I just want to look at the product itself. Is it is the cars any good? Are they worthy? Are they good to race? Are they competitive? Uh, and and so far, it's ticked most of those boxes. One of the things that seems very smart in the way in which the people behind TCR Australia is that mm. they're not trying to grab top ground. They're not they're saying, right, we're a different category and we're doing things differently. And I think that mm. seems to be working well. Well, you can't because because um, a series, and we're probably referring to supercars, has got a lot of history there. You think of the history of the sport goes back decades, you know. So um, that, that's that's always hard when... People uh, have have got mindsets entrenched with that, as we've because we always grew up around that those type of cars and V8s and all the rest of it. It's it's always difficult to change perception, you know, when you when it's been a been instilled in, in your if you're a motorsport fan into your head like that. But uh, times are changing, um, manufacturers are changing, suppliers are changing. You know, the way we look at at cars and and and. Um, even now, I mean, the large saloon car is, is, I was going to say dying, is almost dead, you know. It's either SUVs or these small little cars. So uh, if you're looking for market relevance, um, these are a lot closer to the mark. And, and obviously they know that. That's why this category was born, because manufacturers want to know about small cars and, and hot hatches and performance cars all in this small sector. Uh, that's where the money is. Uh, out in the open market, so uh, so that's what makes the category relevant, and and obviously why it's been a success overseas. And while it's uh, terrific to see there's some young blood like the Jordan Cox and mm-hmm. Aaron Camerons, Jordan, of course, having probably his first professional motor race now, yesterday. Yeah. Um, you've got a couple of old stages in Jason Bright yeah, and Darth yeah. yeah, no, well, you know, I liken it to the Japanese uh, F3 championship I competed in. Um, in 93 that their theory was that they were trying to get a, a Formula One driver in, uh, a, a Japanese driver into Formula One yeah. and the only way they could do that or, or was to give them a yardstick so they used to pay the best drivers they possibly could from, from Europe uh, to come over and compete in the Japanese championship because they, they thought well if the Japanese drivers could beat them the best in the world in Formula 3 or or Formula 3000, GP2 as it's known now, well then there's more of a chance to get a Japanese driver into F1. 
think of it as that. You've got to have your, your top-level drivers like your Tanders and Brights and all the rest of it. If you've got a few of them mixed in with the field, that's your yardstick because they're seasoned proper race drivers that have been there and done that. So if some of these young guys can start beating them, then you know they're doing a good job and, and, and got, got what it takes. You know? So use it as a yardstick because you know? a lot of people go, oh, I should only be for young guys. But if, if the whole category is full of young guys, where's your measure have your measure in there and that way you've got a target you know and that also that pricks the ears up of other teams and sponsors and going oh this kid must be pretty good and you better get involved in that so i think it's a good idea it's a good idea to have a mixture and of course this afternoon you go back to uh, have two races like the first days of course when you arrived in supercars before it was called supercars almost yeah yeah no no yeah exactly right Uh, twin races touring cars yeah Yeah. touring car championship yeah well that's that's what it was about you know yeah have a race on the saturday and a couple races sunday and happy days and short and sharp and and you're right and they they actually work really well um so I, i think that format's the right one as well um, and it keeps costs down because you don't want pit stops you know and all the rest of it because then they escalates costs so um, yeah I, th- I think I think everyone look they're doing they're doing all the right things but like I said it's a learning process for teams drivers and all the rest of it but you know at least they've they've kicked off their people are talking about it um, and, uh, and and gradually it'll it'll start the word will start spreading all right well Enjoy your race two and three. We mm-hmm. may catch up with you later on today. Yep. And if we're not watching Russell on the television uh, driving a race car, you can get him on a screen near you. <laughs> he does the enforcer and the dude. Yeah, an uh, iPad near you. <laughs> and an iPad near you. Just make yeah, sure yeah. you watch it and enjoy it. Thank you, Russell, yeah. for joining us. No promise at all. Cheers. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.